to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Welcome to this Grit and Grace Life podcast. I'm Darlene Brock, and this summer's been kind of great for me. I have been up in the mountains at our place there where it's not humid. My family's no. visited. Um, we've had some great memory time. And Julie, my internet has been upgraded. I did really appreciate the upgrade to your internet yeah. because it, it was kind of hard oh, to, no. for me to enjoy your mountains with yeah, Slow it was Wi-Fi. like mud. It was like mud, but it's upgraded and it's almost slamming, it, but it, it's it is, pretty good. It is much better. As this episode is airing, OPS, oh, I'm Julie Graham. Um, as this episode is airing, I am in the middle of the plains of Wyoming with zero Wi-Fi. So oh. you can just think of me, say a prayer for me that I, you know, I'm not struggling from withdrawal and that I am just, you know, one with nature. Or something. Yeah, so every stop on the plane ride, are you going to break out all the devices and get online until, you know? Basically, I'm a junkie, yeah. is is what I'm confessing to right now. Yeah. But you know what? This week is going to be so good for me to get away from it all and hang with my fam. Yeah, that's great. But you know what's coming really quick, Dar? No. Back to school. It is, isn't it? All the it? praise hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. who am I kidding? My kid doesn't even go to school. I mean, I call daycare school, but school is coming. So some of us mamas are just counting the minutes. And some of us are, I don't know, sad about it or something, right? Aren't some moms, they yeah, don't want their kid yeah. to go back or something? There are. I, I wasn't necessarily one of them, although I worked all summer long, so I wasn't, they weren't in my face constantly. Um, but I kind of like not having to figure out how to keep them busy and who was going to take care of them and where they were going to go and what they were going to do and, you know, all of that. So, you know, I think there are moms that have different reactions to School is coming. Yeah. Well, that's what we're here to talk about today because it's on your mind. It's everywhere we look. There are pencils hanging from the ceilings in every store we go to. And we're in full on closing down summer and getting back into school mode. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. You actually found some hilarious quotes that are on the minds of moms everywhere when it comes to this back to school mindset. Yep. And we're not going to say all moms think this, but I would think a lot of them do. All right. Thank God my kids are starting back to school. I was about to call Child Protective Services on myself. (laughs) Totally get the emotions behind that. Yes. Like I said, my kid doesn't even go to actual school, and I've had that thought before. Well, then there's a stay-at-home mom who is thinking to herself, I'm so sad you're going back to school because I have to stay home all alone where it's quiet and I can do whatever I want. (laughs) I don't think that's... I mean, we're laughing for two reasons on that one, right? Yeah, because you're home alone, but you're still a mom. You're not doing whatever you want. Yes, you're just taking care of the chaos in their absence, for sure. Well, then there's a working mom, which is you and I, and we have thought this a million times. Maybe if I wake the kids up at midnight, load the car to pick up school supplies at the 24-hour Walmart, I can get all of this done. It's the truth. I mean, the juggling act. Although, shout out to Walmart for finally figuring out that they need to offer the drive pickup service thing where you just pull up and they put the stuff in your backseat. Have you done this yet? Uh, No, I haven't. Uh I just did it for the first time the other day. I think Target participates with shipped. Oh, okay. They don't have their... You know what? 
now that you're saying that, I think I noticed in our Target, they do have a little pickup section now. I, think I haven't do. tried it yet. Yeah, yeah. But wait a minute. With school supplies, the kids want to touch them and feel them. And, you know, they, they want to touch purchase. everything, Dar. They it's do not a good everything. thing. <laughs> no, it's I, not. Maybe there becomes an age where it's appropriate <laughs> that you want to take your kid, but mine is not there. No. Our church does a big backpack drive where we yeah. buy a backpack full of supplies for um, kids in our area. And so Lincoln has gone with me in years past to do that. Uh, last year, though, was the last time that I'll be able to take him because he just wants one of everything that we're putting in the cart for somebody else. And then there's a big meltdown that the backpack's not for him. And it's like, okay, his pack pack. P.S. He yeah. still calls it pack pack. And I will mourn the day you when will. he learns to say back pack. Yeah. Those are sad times. Yep. And then it doesn't really matter whether you're a working mom, stay-at-home mom, want your kids to go back to school, want them to stay home. We, we all have to just face the real truth that school is starting and resistance is futile. I mean, it's coming, folks. It is. You can't, you can't run from it. And ladies, let me tell you this. Do not think you are a bad mom if you're kind of ready for them to go back to school. You're not. Absolutely. You're not. Absolutely. I think that usually we get ready about two weeks into summer. But anyways, it's here. <laughs> and so we want to unpack um, for our pack pack um, things that we should be doing in these last few weeks leading up to school. Um, not that you feel like you need something else on your to-do list, right? Um, but, you know, a couple of things that you want to make sure you um, do before it's time. And, you know, just a little bit of planning ahead or some hacks that you might be able to use to just make this transition into the school year a little bit easier. Yeah. And it's like the tsunami that just hits all at once. You mm-hmm. have to deal with the clothes, whether it's a uniform or not. You have to deal with the school supplies. Did your kids wear uniforms? No. Oh, no. Was that they a did thing it. back then? Yeah, this is where it, I make it, you sound really it was, old. But. It was. And in fact, when Chelsea was going into high school, we toured some schools because we were deciding what she was doing. And there was one we went to that they wore uniforms. And as we exited, she looked at me and said, Mom, if it's all important to wear uniforms, the teacher should or I'm not going. Oh, what a smart girl. I went, okay, honey, I don't know how to answer that. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I went, well, And she's the one who's a teacher now. <laughs> yeah, she is. Exactly. <laughs> so do they wear uniforms at her, her school? No, they don't. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't decide what I think would be easier or better. Yeah, I, I think that it's a little bit easier because you know what you're buying and you don't have some of the battles of mm-hmm. what, do we, what are we going to wear every what day? What are we going to wear? How many different outfits can we afford? You know, um, I think it's a little easier, but at the same time, if you have independent thinkers like mine, it's also a battle. It's a battle. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so we want to kind of, what are some ways to cut costs because uniforms or regular clothes that adds up that costs a lot and then there's the school supply list that changes every single year and it sometimes sometimes you can read the list and think really really i have to buy this item that seems ridiculous oh i know am i wrong no well i've had both perspectives i got the list when my girls were growing up and went this is ridiculous this is going to cost 145 dollars just to get the school supplies but now that i have my teacher daughter she, I asked her about it, and she said, if the parents don't bring the room supplies, things like Kleenex boxes and things, things that like that. Things that she knows she's going to use. She, yeah, every kid needs to blow their nose at some point. So mm-hmm. she said, if they don't come with the parents, then I have to buy them because mm-hmm. schools don't supply that stuff. So when you're frustrated with the list, know that you're giving your teacher a break. Yeah. Yeah, and we all know, and shout out to teachers, we know that even... 
throughout the school year, you end up having to buy things that you didn't put on the list and it's coming out of your pocket. So just a little shout out to all of our teacher friends. You know what? I'm actually going to put in the show notes. We had um, our editor wrote a really great prayer for teachers, Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure we'll share it when school actually starts. But just hopefully it will be encouraging to to you to know that we love you, we support you, and we will buy everything you tell us to buy on the school list this year. <laughs> but it does add up. So there, there are some ways. What are some ways that you can kind of keep those costs to a, you know, minimum? Okay. If you're going, if your child's attending a school that buys uniforms, don't run away from used ones. Mm. Don't run away from consignment stores or go to Costco or Sam's. They're there, you know, and they're a lot cheaper there than they are somewhere else. Mm. So look for the deals on them. Or even hand-me-downs, right, from friends yeah. of yours that have gone to the same school and their kids are a little bit older. They need like a latote for, <laughs> for school they uniforms. Do. That's Somebody great. start that. Some boss babe's going to make that happen. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't really think about Costco, but I mean, I love Costco. Costco yeah. has everything I could ever need in life. So yep. I guess if I end up at a uniform school, I got to make sure I check that. Um, what about school supplies? How can we save on those? Oh, look around your house. See what you got in your drawers. See what you got in your cabinet. Convince your kid that they're okay to use. <laughs> um, uh, and then you'll probably have to mix it up with some, you know, little character animal cartoon something. Yeah, whoever they're currently into exactly. for this month. But yeah. I mean, that, that's the struggle is real. My kid was all about Paw Patrol. And then it was like on a dime, he decided Paw Patrol was not cool. So you might want to be might want to be careful about buying all of the, you know, um, superhero or whatever yeah. character they're into today, because that will change. I mean, in theory, you should be able to buy the sale bin the year before, but <laughs> yes. it probably wouldn't work. But yeah. Summer will come and go and all of a sudden they'll like all new things. Um, yeah. I think you've said before to buy in bulk at Costco or something um, and then split with a friend or two. Yeah. So you can buy the 37 pack of <laughs> spiral notebooks and your kid only needs four, but you know, you divide it among all the moms in the neighborhood. And it's really you just cheap. gotta get creative, yeah. right? Sure do. Totally. Um, And I don't know if it's, I think it's pretty much everywhere now that they offer the tax-free weekends. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, sometimes if you just make a point to plan ahead and buy all of your stuff during that week, you can save some serious cash. I specifically like to buy stuff for myself during tax-free weekend. Yep. Oops. Being being real there. Julie, we can't forget sales, couponing. I mean, it saves a ton of money. So pick your date, whether it's tax-free weekend date or whether it's sale weekend. um, Pick a good date where you know it's gonna you're gonna walk away with less cash out of your pocket. All right, so that's the money zone. What are some practical dealing with the emotional stress of preparing for school? Because you have been there. You've gone through all of the transitions from um, starting pre-K to actual kindergarten to middle school. What are some things that matter when it comes to just that emotional side of starting school? Get advance warning. I don't know how many times I felt like I was blindsided by what? School starts this time? Now? Last year it didn't. It, oh, you mean like how the schedule the start, changes? Yeah, schedules and it's drastically change. different. So you need to get all the information you possibly can from the school system, and especially if they're changing schools. Mm. You know, they may be going from elementary to middle or high. All of a sudden, they have decided that those kids go at a different time of the day. You have to adjust. So you need to know in advance so you can adjust rather than going, oh, crud, I'm late on the first day. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, do you think that it makes sense to put your kid on a schedule like the week or two before school starts? Like, did you find that that was helpful or did you let them sleep in until the day that school started to get the I kind of took a, if it was me and I was them, I would want to sleep every single minute I possibly could. So yeah. I let them. I mean, it was probably smarter if I would have said, we're going to start working toward the routine. Mm-hmm. But I figured the routine's going to hit them in the face anyway. So, <laughs> Well, that's one of those where you got to know your kid and you yeah. know what works for your family. So maybe you kind of try different things and figure out what works best. But yeah, having at least at least having a conversation about, hey, this is going to happen. Yeah. And I'm not going to be kidding when I say it's time to get up on the first yeah. day of school. And you know what, Julie? It's not just the school dictates that change. Your child's um, needs, not even needs, what they think is important changes. So mm-hmm. one year... All the cool kids pack their lunch. The next year, all the cool kids buy the lunch. So what are you going to do? Force your kid to do the uncool kid thing? So you need to know what's coming. I loved it when all the other kids started buying school lunch because I was a free lunch kid, P.S. Episode 28, if you want to hear more about my crazy (laughs) childhood. Um, But yeah, so I was always in the lunch line buying the school lunch. Um, And can we just for a second remember what it was like to eat school pizza? I mean, it looks disgusting, but it was actually really good. And I was the weirdo who even enjoyed the Mexican pizza. Oh, Julie, I don't think which, you've ever met of? a pizza you didn't like. I Valid. Don't know. <laughs> I love that you know that about me. Pizza Fridays. Anyway, yeah, so that's a really good point that you might all of a sudden, you, if you've bought in advance all the Lunchables you're going to need for the first week, and then your kid says, uh, hello, mom, I'm buying lunch this year. Yeah. Yeah, don't do it. And and follow their lead on some of these because a lot of the trauma that goes on, you know, you, you want to minimize any of them that are there any well, way you can. Real quick, though, I mean, there's going to come a point where maybe the kid starts doing their own lunch. When is that? Oh, if you're a really great Kindergarten? mom, if you're really, really <laughs> a great mom, it's in elementary oh, school they can pack their own That lunch. early? Well, yeah. I mean, elementary school spans a lot of that's years. True, that's true. But, you know. I'm, I'm not even there yet. And I'm like, I can't wait for elementary school when he's going to pack <laughs> his own lunch. Interesting. Yeah. I think you've said that before, though, that to, you would be surprised at how early you can get them involved in the planning and the laying out their clothes and preparing their backpacks in advance and all of that. Yeah. I had one child who literally laid her clothes out like like a dead body. It would be the <laughs> shirt, then the skirt, then the socks, then the shoes. I mean, it looked like you could do a chalk mark around it every <laughs> night. It was pretty funny. Uh, that's But awesome. it worked. Yep. I loved it. Yep. yep. Um, real quick, you, you mentioned about when they're transferring from, um, different schools. So like the transition from fifth grade or, you know, elementary school to middle school, can you give us a couple tips about just what that's like for a kid and maybe how to be there for them? And that? yeah. that's a big deal. It is. And again, advance, advance every way you can. And I know I was working as many moms are full time traveling a lot, really busy but I always blocked orientation night, mm. the night that they are telling you what in the world's coming. I mm-hmm. blocked orientation night and took notes and listened. And even if my child was embarrassed that I was there, I was <laughs> front and center. Yeah. Um, so you want to get as much information as possible. And in fact, if you can go to the school with your child before school starts mm. to walk through it, to see where the classrooms are, to see where the lunchroom is just so this isn't a foreign land to them. Mm-hmm. I think you set aside the time. Contact your school. See if you can. I still sometimes have bad dreams about not knowing where like, even like my college classes are. And so I remember the fear of 
being in middle school for the first time, being in high school for the first time, and just the bigness of the school and assuming that I was going to get lost or I was not going to be able to do all of the schoolwork. And so just just taking a moment to remember what it was like for you in those seasons oh, yeah. and knowing that, okay, my kid, whether they're acting like it or not, is probably facing some anxiety with these big transitions. Um, and I don't know, just reminding yourself that you need to show them a little extra grace in this season, be there for them in not a smothering way, but in a um, loving way. I, you actually wrote an article, You, I'm sure you remember. <laughs> You're, called, you're being facetious yes. because you know I never do. Called Seven Helpful Tips to Relieve Middle School Anxiety. So I'm going to link to that one in the show notes because I remember thinking that it was really good and bookmarking it for, you know, what, eight years from now or something. Um, so you're definitely going to want to read that if your kid is going into um, transitioning into middle school this yeah, year. Yeah, because you want to help, especially going into middle school and then the first year of high school. Those are traumatic times. And there's nothing more terrifying than a sixth grader entering the eighth grade hall. You know, so you just wanted them to circumvent it until they find their own world. I can't even imagine, but yes. Um, and just like you said, just being there for them, whether they try to tell you, don't come, don't be involved, ah, you're embarrassing mom. No, you need to be there for them, for sure. Um, you said something about making sure you help them with their locker code. Genius. Well, yeah, memorize it way early because, you know, every <laughs> kid can't get in their locker. Oh, no, we're going to miss class. Oh, no, panic, 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 panic. So memorize funny. it. Make it a song, you know, a, a family mantra, whatever, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, help them remember it before they get there. That's awesome. Um, let's go back to the lunchroom again because that is one of the most stressful parts of especially middle school and high school is who am I sitting with? Um, what am I going to do? You suggested that you kind of have that conversation with them in advance to identify ahead of time who they plan to eat with at least those first couple days. Yeah, for sure. Can you, you know, it can't be you, right? You probably shouldn't show up. (laughs) No, no, I did it. It's cool in elementary school, but probably not middle school, right? Uh, (laughs) No, it's not cool in middle school at all to show up. Um, yeah. Although, I did it anyway. I'm Um, sure you did. Yeah, I did it anyway. I I also had the philosophy that I should embarrass my middle schooler in public because I wanted her to not care what other people thought. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I showed up in middle school and I danced down the halls. But (laughs) hey, why not? One of the best things to do is to prearrange that lunch partner. Have another friend that you know your lunchtime is the same as theirs and talk If you need to talk to their mother in advance and pretend like you didn't, and they get that mother to talk to their kid, Mm -hmm. and you talk to your kid about, hey, have you thought about (laughs) asking so-and-so to uh, meet you for lunch so you could sit together? Well, because there's a fine line here, because we're saying, hey, these are all the things that are probably going to wig your kid out, and maybe they don't even know it's going to be scary. So it's like finding the balance between, hey, these are all the scary things that are happening, or (laughs) let me just, you know, talk talk to you casually about these things that are going to be intense. Yeah. And if you can do it incognito when you're working with another mother, it's, you know, it works well because the kids have no idea you have paved their way. So that's a good point. We want to be having these incognito conversations, but we got to be careful. We got to figure out how to bring it up and gauge whether or not they're actually willing and ready to have these conversations. Yeah. How do you You do do. that? Because you've been there. Well, I mean, what you said was really, really true is don't introduce all of the fears that could possibly be there and say, oh, by the way, if you haven't worried about that one, we're going to add that to your list. Um, So don't set it up that way, but ask questions and ask questions not at a vulnerable time, Mm -hmm. not when you're 
buying school supplies or maybe, you know, if they are, you know your child, but do it very, um, is there anything that has concerned you? Is there anything I can help you with? Mm -hmm. Have you thought about this class? Are you, you know, and just make it very innocuous, very, are you excited? Um, And, you know, they can, they could give you one word answers. Yes. No. (laughs) All right. That didn't go very well. So then you let it drop and Mm. you come back to it again when they're thinking about it or you see they're thinking about it. But don't, you know, don't do presumptive questions. Don't assume they're going to be afraid at this Mm. particular thing. Just ask them if you've thought about how you're going to do lunch. Do you want to take it? Do you want to, how do you want to do it? I'll Mm -hmm. work with you. And then let them open up. I like how you're saying to ask questions. And even as you're saying that, I'm thinking about the tone that you're using and like even the annotation of your voice. Like that makes a big difference. Like if I say it calmly and total cash, easy breezy, (laughs) then it could potentially be an easier, breezier conversation than have you thought about whether or not you're going to take lunch or buy lunch? (laughs) Yeah. Like I don't know about you, but as a woman, sometimes I just need to be reminded that tone is everything. (laughs) Tone and timing. Yeah. If you sound confident and not concerned, then it makes them think, well, maybe I shouldn't be as worried about it. Totally. Whether they're starting a new grade year or whether they're starting and just a new class, a new teacher, there's always things that you have to deal with. So communication, be prepared. All of those things matter. Um, they're not really huge issues. They're just timely and necessary. Well, I know there's something that I'm thinking about, especially as I kind of look forward to what it will be like to get my kid into actual school. Um, I already could get like hives thinking about, so once he's in real school, how much do I have to go and be at school? Like how much do I have to be involved in? And do I have to be at all the things? Do I have to be room mom? Like I'm already feeling guilty about not doing enough and my kid's not even in school. So probably this mom guilt thing is weighing on somebody's mind right now. Yeah, and it translates heavily in the world of education, especially if you're around some stay-at-home moms that are friends of yours and they're volunteering as room mother. They're volunteering at the PTA. Mm -hmm. They're volunteering at the art class or the reading lab or the whatever. Okay. And you go, man, I'm not there. I must be failing. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't have to. You have to be in your child's life. You don't necessarily have to be in your child's school. Mm. Um, So if you can, and there's a a great opportunity to do it, and it's something you're passionate about, do. Um, But don't feel like if you don't have the time, if you don't have the ability to leave your work for that period of time, it will not be the demise of your child. Mm-hmm. Um, I did room mother uh, for several really? years. I did. I oh, did. Uh, but trust me, I was so frustrated because mm-hmm. I would go to the room mother meetings and they would talk about, this is second, third grade, talk about putting flowers on the tables of the parties for these kids. And I'm like, <sighs> number one, I don't have time for this. Number two, y'all are just out of your mind. I mean, number three, can't we just agree that flowers are a waste of time and money? Yeah, exactly. See the Valentine's episode. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. So, you know, it was great. And I did it my way. I ended up going, all right, I'm just going to take control of my kid's class and we're going to do it this way. And see (laughs) y'all because I got to go back to work. Um, So I found some opportunities to be involved, but I didn't do everything. Yeah, and I think you said on a, a, 
another episode where we talked a little bit about this, that if, if you're there once in a while, that's enough for your kid. Yeah. So I'm hanging on to that truth and reminding another mama that once in a while is certainly good enough. So I remember last year, I think, when Lincoln had just started in a new daycare, which again, I call school, um, he was really struggling because it was a new place, a new teacher, new kids. And he had a lot of bad weeks where he was acting out. He was getting, you know, reports, so to speak, as much as you can at three years old. Um, But you had a lot of wisdom to share with me, even at you know, having a toddler in preschool um, about how to handle it when your kid is struggling for whatever reason, whether it's academically or behaviorally. Um, Can you speak to that a little bit as we're getting ready to go back into that season? Yeah. And I think you need to understand first, if it's just an emotional transition and they may be acting out and they may be, you know, doing things that ordinarily they don't, um, you just respond to the moment. You don't think this is a life change for your child. You just respond to the moment. Um, One of my girls did some new offense every single week in kindergarten. (laughs) It was like, I'm going to kick a child. No, we got in trouble for kicking. The next week, I'm going to pinch a child. We got in trouble for pinching. I'm going to hit a child. I'm going to bite a child. She never repeated the same offense. She was original. Kept pulling out new stuff. New stuff. I like it. But she was responding to the fact that she didn't want to be there. And Mm. that's ultimately what we had to work out is let's find the positive in where you are in life right now. And I think that's just kind of a life teaching moment where, you know, we will all go through transitions. So you're going to have to learn how to cope with it. But it wasn't like I you know, got after her every, I did, she got punishment every single time, but we also talked it out. Yeah. Yeah. You actually wrote a really good piece right after we had one of those first conversations where you had to talk me off the massive mom guilt ledge of, I must be messing every single thing up. Um, just about how a bad kid doesn't mean you're a bad mom. Um, and that every kid has difficult seasons for a variety of reasons. So I'll be sure to link to that in the show notes. Yeah, Julie, it's not a reflection on you as a mother, but that is what we all think. Okay. So I feel better about that. What about when your kid is maybe not doing so great academically? Oh, and that happens. I mean, moms want to think their child's going to do everything perfectly in school or at least see or above. Let's start there. (laughs) That was kind of my goal. Um, But it doesn't happen that way. And some kids struggle more than others. And it may just be um, something that they naturally aren't inclined to, whether it's math or whether reading is a struggle or they have some learning disabilities. And those are things you have to find out about. But you know, for me, I totally shortchanged my eldest daughter mm. um, and felt so guilty because, you know, when she was growing, when she was little, she basically went on the tour bus with me and, you know, had nannies that were great. And, you know, we kind of juggled life. It wasn't like I said, oh, you're going to be going to kindergarten soon. So I need to teach you your letters and how to write. Mm-hmm. And, so I didn't because Oops. I thought, hand them off. That's what they're supposed well, to do. Well, you didn't have Pinterest, okay? So. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I didn't have that pressure. And, I, you know, I was living my life. So mm-hmm. uh, I, she goes to kindergarten, and my child failed kindergarten. Oh. Okay, you talk about mom guilt. Yeah. I mean, if I can't even get my child to get through kindergarten successfully, and it was not her. It was me. Mm. It was absolutely me. I had not prepared her for going to school. 
So she went into pre-first, which took her then to first. They had a grade called pre-first. Interesting. Yeah. And what's amazing, Julie, is that that was exactly what needed to happen for her. Because when she went to California to go to college, she was a full 18 years of age. Mm -hmm. If she had not gone to pre-first, she would have just barely turned 18. And she's in Los Angeles trying to be an independent girl. And she would not have been prepared for it. Mm -hmm. So what I felt like was a mom failure turned out to be the right thing for her. Isn't it funny how that hindsight thing we always end up getting, we're able to look back and say, okay, at the time, I didn't understand why it was happening, but God always has a plan for us and for our kids, and we can certainly rest in that. Yeah, so don't feel guilty if they're struggling. Just help them through it. Just help them figure out what the source of the struggle is. And it's not on you, Mom. It's not on you. All right, so we've kind of talked through how to get them off to school Um supplies-wise, emotional-wise, and now you've got all of this amazing free time now that your kids are back in school. I'm laughing. Cue the laugh track. Um, I mean, what's a mom to do when she finally... I mean, the first couple weeks are rough. Everyone's tangry, hangry, all of it, because life has just been dropped upside down again, and you're getting used to it all. But once that kind of settles... I mean, what's what's the mom supposed to do with all of her extra time? Yeah, maybe I'm, an hour. Maybe she gains an hour when yeah. they're back at school. Well, you know what? It really might be an opportunity to do a little bit something for yourself. Mm. Spend a little time on you. We talk about that occasionally that we need some me time. Absolutely. So, you know, pick up that extra hour that you might have gained and do me time. I mean, I would recommend making sure you're caught up on all the episodes of this Grit and Grace Life podcast. Of course. I mean, yes. Uh, you can certainly peruse the Grit and Grace Project website, because you do know that we update a new article every single day. So there's always something to read there. And drill down to the older articles. We have amazing stuff there. There there really is. And then I would just like to give a little shout out. A friend of mine um, has a book releasing soon. Her name is Darlene Brock. Oh. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yours truly. Um, Your book, Raising Great Girls, Help for Moms to Raise Confident, Capable Daughters, Perfection Not Required, is coming out very soon. Dar, can you just give us like one snippet about why you wrote this book and what it's about? Yeah, I mean, it's raising daughters. So it's specific, it's gender specific. Um, But I believe with all my heart, if you can get those two things, get confidence in your child Mm -hmm. and get um, the ability to handle life, make them capable Mm -hmm. so they can tackle both, you know, life problems and jobs and things like that. Everything else will work out. They won't be perfect. You mm-hmm. won't be perfect, mm-hmm. but just master those and everything else will walk alongside. So you've written this book. It's kind of um, got the premise of being a mom is like 13 different jobs. Isn't that kind of how you... It is. Don't you... let that terrify you. Um, <laughs> but, you know, for me, I, I dealt in jobs. I dealt in the world of work. So when I broke motherhood down into different kinds of jobs, it actually made it more doable for me. Yeah, I love how you tackled this topic, made it super relatable, um, easy to read, entertaining because, you know, that's just one of your talents. But then you also included in this re-release, basically rewrite of this book, uh, Three Chapters for Dads, which I thought was a really, really smart idea. Good job. Yeah. Thank you. So that's coming out soon. Um, Of course, we'll put a link in the show notes to how you can get a pre-release copy or just how you can find it once it is officially out. But that would be a great way to enjoy, you know, that 27 extra minutes you'll get once your kids are officially (laughs) back in school. Yes, it keeps dropping (laughs) because we're just getting right back to reality a little bit. So we just want to say, hope you had a great summer. 
And hope you're looking forward to getting back into the routine of the school year starting because, you know, getting back on a schedule does have a lot of great perks. And so don't be afraid. Be excited. Look forward to it. Maybe you can go have coffee with your girlfriend again once the kids are back in school. You know, there's lots of things to be excited about. You're right, Julie. We're getting back into the routine. And here's the funny part about it. Our quote of the week is this. Summer's over. Time to remember what day of the week it is. <laughs> that is the truth. When they're looking forward to the next episode of This Grit and Grace Life. We'll catch you then. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by The Grit and Grace Project. Take a few minutes and head over to iTunes to rate and review the show so more people can find us and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an upcoming episode. If you can think of a friend who could benefit from this episode or the show in general, please be sure to share us with her. And for all the details on today's episode, find the show notes by heading to thegritandgraceproject.org. You can follow us on social so you miss nothing that we're sharing throughout the week on all things living a grit and grace life. We'll catch you on the next one.